0: Hey everybody, it's Mike. I just wanted to tell you about this great oldie we're going to play today, about Texas First Thanksgiving. Look to next week for some exciting new shows coming for the next few weeks. And as always, here's the show. This is why we started this podcast, so that you could take <laughs> the history knowledge of Texas and you could rub people's faces in it. Howdy, you're listening to Come and Take It a talk show about Texas by Texans, where three friends born and raised in the Lone Star State share our views on the history, culture, and just what it means to be Texan. I'm Mike Zolkoski. I'm Sean McIver. And I'm Scott Elfstrom. There were no turkeys, pumpkin pies, or pilgrims at the first Thanksgiving celebrated in Texas. In fact, it occurred over 20 years before any Englishman set foot on Plymouth Rock. This week, we look at the remarkable story of America's real first Thanksgiving. But first, what's your favorite non-traditional Thanksgiving food item? Well, for us,
1: if it's a holiday, um, it's always gonna be deviled eggs. Uh, It's always deviled eggs. Uh, Thanksgiving, Christmas, Easter, Thursday, whatever it is, deviled eggs uh, is a favorite uh, snack item. Unless it's guacamole, um, because we always have that too. well, that's I've two. I've never
2: had guacamole at Thanksgiving, but I think it sounds fascinating.
1: But the deviled
2: eggs are yes, almost yes, always, always, always the thing
1: same. that if you don't if you don't grab them fresh after they're made, then they're going to disappear before you get one. Amen. I'd to almost
2: that. I'd almost say it veers into a traditional Thanksgiving food item. It's more like a traditional holiday food item than anything else. So, are you invalidating my response? No, no, no.
0: I'm saying it's valid. It's perfectly cremulant. Oh well, it's. It's past Sean's sniff test, so there you go. That's all you need to know. <laughs> Make it important. Listen, now I'm going to tell you. Now, hold on. Okay, we go. Now, Scott. Mm-hmm. Do we do we put paprika on it or not?
1: Uh, that's just garnish. So you put whatever you want on it.
2: I actually like the flavor of paprika on it, so
0: I'm I'm going to go with papri- paprika deviled eggs is my favorite deviled deviled eggs. I figured you'd say it all pretentious, like you're from Hungary or something. Paprika. No. Paprika <laughs> egg. <laughs> <laughs> uh listen you can i love the deviled egg you know i sometimes maybe i call them angel egg because you know <laughs> no there's a great um sausage company called pollux it's out of Falls city they make a magnificent sausage and uh traditional Polish sausage and i think i probably talked about it on the show before but it's really amazing, and you just got to have it. You just you throw it in some hot water, you boil that sausage up, and boy, howdy, you're in for a treat. And uh, my my grandparents' house is just a stone's throw from Fall City, so there's always some fresh sausage at Thanksgiving when we would do Thanksgiving down there. So you don't think? I mean, you still have turkey and ham and everything else, but you need a a couple links of that sausage just just to garnish. Sausage is a garnish in our house. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> it shouldn't be in every you, house you can keep your parsley i'm gonna put a little hunk of sausage outside of my <laughs> plate to just kind of jazz it up well
2: um in our house um growing up we uh my great-grandfather would not eat poultry of any kind because he worked at a chicken plant in the uh, chicken uh pluckery in a uh, in the depression and they paid him a dollar and of chicken Per day, so that was all they ate for a couple of years in the 30s. So after that, he swore he'd never eat a bird ever again. So we always had to have uh, country ribs, which those are big hunks of pork shoulder that are chopped up to look like ribs, but they're not really ribs. Uh, but my grandmother would roast them and with some barbecue sauce on them, and or and uh, that always just makes me think about my great grandfather. So, and another new favorite that we have actually is bacon wrapped dates that are either roasted or grilled on the on the. the the grill outside; those are really delicious too. I just love food. I love Thanksgiving; it's my favorite holiday because there's lots of food.
0: Well, you can't go wrong with a bacon wrap date, but you could nope. probably like say a bacon wrap sausage, or a <laughs> bacon wrap turtle, or a, or a wrapped wrapped bacon wrap <laughs> sneaker,
2: a bacon wrap deviled egg. How oh. about that?
0: Oh my god! You you become more and more of a food hipster every day. <laughs> there are few holidays as rooted in American tradition and lore as Thanksgiving. In 1621, not long after arriving in the southern part of what is today Massachusetts, religious nonconformists known as the Pilgrims held a feast of thanks for having survived their first year in North America, joining with the neighboring Native Americans who'd helped them survive by sharing food, supplies, and knowledge of local crops and fauna. This first feast became a tradition enshrined in American history and lore, and in the 20th century, became an annual November holiday. Now, of course, this is largely a myth, as is the case often with American history.
2: This myth took root in New England over the years and the decades following the initial colonization of that area. The Pilgrims of Plymouth did celebrate a harvest festival, which was indistinguishable from those observed throughout Great Britain at the time. It was a secular event with feasting and games, and probably the only religious observance at the time was saying grace before the meal. Now, there's little doubt that the Wapanog locals did help the early settlers survive their first winter, particularly a Pequot named Squanto, who had been kidnapped by fishermen years before and had already traveled extensively in England and in Europe. It's likely that Native Americans did participate in this harvest festival, since, at that time, good relations with them was desired by the colonists. So, this joint thanksgiving for God's
1: blessing on the English colonies was just a myth that arose out of a combination of other concurrent events that occurred in New England during and after this time. More importantly, as is the case with American history, many other contenders have arisen that can lay claim to the first, quote, official Thanksgiving in American history, and two of them happen to happen in Texas. One of them has the benefit
0: of being well and thoroughly documented and vetted by historians. This first one goes way back to the Coronado Expedition, which lumbered its way from Mexico to Kansas and back between 1540 and 1541 and passed through northwest Texas during that time. According to the Texas Almanac, a historical marker was placed outside of the panhandle town of Canyon in 1959, which claimed Francisco Vesquez de Coronado celebrated the first Thanksgiving near the Paladuro Canyon in 1541. There is a lot of debate whether that was a true Thanksgiving or a celebration of the Feast of Ascension, which falls in the spring. The journals of the expedition indicate that Father Juan Padilla said a mass at this observance, and a feast was held where the participants ate grapes and pecans. Now, the problem with this is that neither of these grow anywhere near
2: Paladuro Canyon. There's little doubt that the event took place, but given that this was an era before geocaching, it probably didn't occur in Paladuro. Some historians speculate that it may have been on one of the forks of the Brazos River, which is a little further south probably in Blanco Canyon near Amarillo, and this is an area where grapes and pecans do grow.
1: A strong candidate for an actual feast of Thanksgiving in Texas comes half a century later, on April 30th, 1598, with another expedition that came through the area, that of Juan de Oñate. Juan de Oñate was a member of a distinguished Spanish noble family. He and his father had discovered and developed rich silver mines for the crown through Mexico, but Oñate wanted to carve a place in history by being the first to develop settlements in
0: the untamed land in the northern parts of the Spanish Empire in the New World. Oñate was granted land in the northern Rio Grande Valley among the Pueblo Indians and in 1597 assembled an expedition to take possession of the land traveling through southern Chihuahua to reach the Rio Grande, where the river passes from the desert into the mountains, which would eventually become the town of El Paso. Oñante's expedition of 500 people included soldiers, colonists, wives and children, and 7,000 head of livestock. They made the difficult passage through the Chihuahuan Desert, enduring bad weather, unseasonable heat, and running out of food and water. The river crossing at the pass was reached at the end of
2: April 1598, and the expedition was saved as water and game, were presents in abundance. After recuperating for ten days, anyate ordered a day of thanksgiving for the survival of the expedition. There was a feast of game and of fish and vegetables provided by the natives of the region. A mass was said by the Franciscan missionaries traveling with the expedition, and a fish and finally Anyate read La Toma, the Taking, declaring that the land drained by the Rio Grande was the possession of King Philip II of Spain. Anyate extended the invitation to the nearby Mansos tribe and held a mass that both celebrated Latoma and prayed for an end to the crippling drought that affected the region. Not sure how the Mansos felt about Latoma, since they already lived there, but we'll we'll go with that.
1: One of the expedition members wrote, "'We built a great bonfire and roasted the meat and fish, and then all sat down to a repast the like of which we had never enjoyed before.'" We were happy that our trials were over, as happy as were the passengers in the ark when they saw the dove returning with the olive branch in his beak, bringing tidings that the deluge had subsided. As the celebration concluded, one of Añate's captains, Marcos Barfan de los Godos, performed a play which some say is the first written theatrical performance in the history of what is now the United States.
0: In many ways, this event is one of the truly important dates in the history of the continent, marking the beginning of the Spanish colonization of the American Southwest. After the celebration, the Añante expedition continued up the Rio Grande and eventually settled near Santa Fe, New Mexico, as well as some other towns. El Paso was a crossing point in the river until 1659, when a village was founded on the south bank of the river, which is today Ciudad Juarez in Mexico. In 1680, the Pueblos, who were impacted by La Toma, decided they had enough and revolted, driving the Spaniards and their Indian converts out of the upper Rio Grande for a while. Another village was founded on the North Bank, near where the original celebration has been held as an outpost for refugees, and this evolved into the present-day Texas City of El Paso. Not Texas City, Texas. Yes. <laughs>
2: Over time, the New England version of Thanksgiving evolved into the now-familiar story. Various colonies and states, though, had their own Thanksgiving proclamations and celebrations. Texas even got into the act, with President Sam Houston proclaiming that March 2, 1842, Texas Independence Day, to be a celebration of freedom and Thanksgiving. Governor George Wood, by this time governor of the state of Texas, proclaimed the first Thanksgiving observance in Texas, to be the first Thursday of December, 1849. Abraham Lincoln initiated the tradition of a national annual day of Thanksgiving during the Civil War, and for many years, this was on the last Thursday of November. Franklin D. Roosevelt is the one who changed this in 1939, shifting it to the fourth Thanksgiving rather than the last. Retailers had complained that a November 30th observance of Thanksgiving would leave only 20 shopping days until Christmas, since the shopping season usually ends. since the shopping season usually opened with the Friday after Thanksgiving Day, which is something that kind of continues today. Well, this observance was initially recognized by 23 states, and a similar number stuck to the November 30th celebration. Texas and Colorado commemorated both days. By 1944, Texas was the last state to recognize the change, not doing so until 1956. I guess Texans like the idea of having two Thanksgivings every couple of years.
1: In the late 1980s, however, in the wake of the increased attention on Texas history from the state's sesquicentennial celebrations, the obscure story of Vignate's Thanksgiving in Texas gained increased attention among historians and among the people of El Paso and neighboring San Elizario. That was where the original event occurred. Thanks to their diligent efforts, an historical marker was placed in. Thanks to their diligent efforts a historical marker was placed on the side of the feast. More importantly, locals started to take the idea of the United States' first Thanksgiving, occurring two decades before any pilgrims thought of coming
0: to America seriously. Sheldon Hall, president of the El Paso Mission Trail Association, and himself a Mayflower descendant and New England immigrant, spearheaded an effort in 1989 to celebrate Onyonte's Thanksgiving. More than 100 costumed parsons, More than a hundred costume participants reenacted the celebration at the Chamazal National Memorial, a few miles from where the original observant took place. Tigua Indians, descendants of those converted natives who fled the Pueblo Revolt, played the parts of the natives who met Oñante at the Rio Grande. Officials from Mexico and the United States were present, as well as Manuel Guillón y de Oñante, the Count of Tepe in Spain, and a direct descendant of the colonizer. Ricardo Marti Fluja, Spain's Consul General in Houston, attended the event and acknowledged the importance of both the traditional American Thanksgiving and this rediscovered historical event, saying, quote, We don't want to fight against any tradition, but we feel it was a deprivation not to acknowledge the full history of the United States of America. To this day,
2: the Thanksgiving at San Elizario is the only one officially recognized by the state of Texas. Both houses of the legislature commemorated the event in 1990 with an honorary resolution, and Governor Ann Richards signed a proclamation declaring Texas as the home of the first true Thanksgiving. Of course, this triggered a lively back and forth between promoters of both the Massachusetts Thanksgiving and the Texas one.
1: In November 1992, members of the El Paso Mission Trail Association traveled to Plymouth dressed as conquistadors to debate a group of people dressed as pilgrims over who held the first Thanksgiving. According to news reports of this exchange, the Plymouth County Sheriff arrested the Texans on charges of blasphemy and spreading false rumors and held a mock trial. The next year, a group of Massachusetts residents dressed as pilgrims traveled to El Paso and San Elizario, where they were arrested, charged with spying, thrown in jail, and threatened with hanging. All of this was in good fun, of course, and today both Plymouth and San Elizario celebrate their Thanksgivings in peace and harmony.
0: So, this week, after you dig into your turkey and dressing, and before you slip into that food coma on the couch uh, as the Cowboys play, think about that celebration in El Paso and San Elizario. So many years ago, or even better, why not have two Thanksgivings next year, one in April and one in November? Like That's a great story, <laughs> Sean. That's a great story. This yeah. is why we started this podcast, so that you could take history <laughs> knowledge of Texas and you could rub people's faces in it. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> there you go. It's on that, pilgrims. <laughs> yeah. I don't have a, I don't need a buckle on my dumb hat to celebrate yeah. Thanksgiving. So, so we do. I do have a Culpa
2: in here. There mm-hmm. is a story of some type of Thanksgiving feast that occurred in San Augustine, Florida, in 1585. I haven't found a lot of information about that, but it is Florida, so we never know if that's you know myth or legend or fact. But mm. you know, we have we have definite proof that that. Juan de Anante, and his expedition did have a celebration of Thanksgiving in Texas in 1598
0: before the Pilgrims. So, well, so. I'm sure that if they had one in Florida, it was held next to the Fountain of Youth,
2: yes. the mythical Fountain
0: yeah. of Youth, and they probably served alligator.
2: Yeah, and and I'm also sure that the Spaniards in Puerto Rico, which was settled, you know, 100 years before you know the Pilgrims even thought about even forming, uh, did have some celebrations of Thanksgiving of some kind, but you, you we don't have any cl- concrete evidence about that. So, and Puerto Rico is part of the United States, but, but definitely we have clear evidence, Texas, 1598, hmm. 1598, 400 years ago, 400 plus years ago, we had a Thanksgiving celebration in El Paso, Texas. So
0: there you go. That's awesome. Well, yeah. This just makes so, me hungry for Turkey.
2: Yeah, well, I think, actually, so I think for uh, a – what would a San Elizario Thanksgiving feast look like? What do you guys think it would look like? I'm thinking – Oh, they said, mean to be authentic? Yeah, to be authentic, sure.
0: Well, I imagine that um, there would be some kind of corn tortilla product. Yeah, probably possibly. Probably some – there's not – I mean uh-uh. –
2: some, Probably some venison because they said there was game. And, there's game. And, uh, there was some river fish, so probably, yeah, probably wouldn't have been trout much- or something like that. I don't know. Back when the Rio Grande had fish in it. <laughs> <laughs> uh probably some probably some maize of some kind and the prickly pear? Yeah, but the, but it's not the prickly you can get the prick probably have some prickly pear, but I think in the Mexican cuisine they like they like cut up that the actual
0: It's the fruit of it. I can't think yeah, of it. Yeah, well no, fruit. but they actually yeah. I've actually
2: it's, seen that they actually cut up the the, the, the meat itself of the of the the cactus actually. oh you mean the
0: the leaves the, yeah. the
2: green leaves yeah and they, they fried and stuff so maybe some of that possibly who knows yucca yucca was plentiful over in that part of the country so i, th- I say we have a san alazario thanksgiving feast in april
0: well i i have no problem with uh with firing up the grill in april on, weather's beautiful. Some,
2: yeah throwing on some some deer steaks and some trout
0: i just i just say thank god that it happened on this side of the border and not in new mexico because that that would be a travesty <laughs> yes yes <laughs> and kudos to ann richards for passing important legislation that really set the bar around this we're gonna yeah we're gonna really rub this in massachusetts eye Yeah. This is, I mean, it's an interesting idea. I mean, we did, we've done several stories about these early explorers to Texas, and uh, it was a rough and inhospitable place to the newcomers. And uh, you had a lot to be thankful for if you survived a year in the wilderness.
2: Yeah. Well, we've talked about Iñate before when we, and we talked about the Tigua Indians Mm -hmm. because that's the Isleta mission that was founded and as a result of the pueblo revolt so it's kind of and we talked we obviously talked about ann richards we didn't talk about this story when we talked about ann richards but we did talk about ann richards so we have a couple callbacks to some of our previous episodes which is nice it's always nice to see references to previous episodes that we've had
0: well we're in the 200s now so there's a lot to reference i'm just surprised creed taylor didn't stumble in in the middle (laughs) of the thing (laughs) I'm sure he Creed
2: told... Reed Taylor had the true first. Yeah. I was
0: there. I was there. And Gonzalez is a young man.
2: Yeah, I just think it's crazy that they had, like, 500 people marched across the Chihuahua Desert. Uh, because usually, I was reading, that usually the, the route up the Rio Grande that the early explorers did was, was to go up to Tamipolis like, on the coast, then take the river all the way up, but... Uh, Onyate wanted to take a shortcut, which is, you know, oh, we'll take a tor- shortcut through the desert where there's no water. There 500 people and 7,000 head of cattle. So I would imagine that river was a, a welcome sight.
0: That's something. That's something. Well, great story, and we hope you think about this as you dig in this week for Thanksgiving in Texas on Come and Take It that wraps things up for today you can find notes and links from today's show at brainstable.com we'd love to hear from you so like and share us on facebook follow the show on twitter at texas podcast or go to brainstable.com and leave some feedback you can find our show and many other great history podcasts at historypodcasters.com and why not follow us individually too i'm on twitter at mr java i'm max sean with two n's and i'm scotticus you love this show So do your duty, tell your friends, and get out there and leave a review on iTunes, because that really helps us out to find listeners just like you. And if you'd like to support our show financially, why not visit patreon.com slash Texas podcast, where you too can become a come and take it Texas Ranger. From all of us at Come and Take It, to all of you our listeners, we hope you have a happy and safe Thanksgiving holiday. It's our Thanksgiving wish that you know how thankful we are for each and every one of you taking the time to spend with us each week. We hope you'll join us next time. And remember that even if you aren't from Texas, Texas wants you anyway.